Thank you for listening to the Soul City Church podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook and Instagram at Soul City Church. For more information, visit us on our website, soulcitychurch.com. So good to see you all. So good to see you. Well, um, yesterday I was at home. I was sitting in my office and just warm. Just, uh, it's great. It's wonderful. And um, Kelly Skiles calls me, um, which she, she doesn't do that often on, on the weekend. And uh, she said, hey, John is sick. Um, it's, it, it's your time. <laughs> it's, it, it's your moment. It's your moment. Uh, we, we need you. And um, I was like, hey, you know what? I'm a team player. I'm a team player. That's what, that's what I'm about. So I am, uh, I, I am here. I'm giving you all a, a fresh word. Fresh word. Fresh, fresh manna. Fresh manna. And uh, like, like the old saints used to say at my church, you know, uh, it's, not a, it's not a long word, but it's a strong word. Okay. <laughs> Just thought that you all would, uh, would, would appreciate knowing that. Listen, we are in this series, A Bigger Vision, and uh, we, we're going to look at work today because work is a significant part of our lives, right? We, we spend so much time at work. Let's say you are going to take, let's say, three weeks off of work this year. You are still going to be at work for about 245 days this year. We spend so much time at work, 40 hours, 50 hours a week. We are with the same people, either virtually or in person. Uh, we, we spend so much time with our people at work that we, we have names for. We, we call them our, our work friends. We, 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 we call them our, oh, that's my work mom. Uh, that's my work wife. Now, now, the way my actual wife is, is set up, like the way her personality actually works, is I, I just know I won't ever part my lips to say that phrase because <laughs> the following week, you, you know, you might be like, oh, man, what, what happened to Brandon? <laughs> haven't seen him. Go, go searching for me. Uh, that's probably a good idea. But, but we, we, we send, uh, spend significant time at work. It's, it's a part of our lives. But if we're all honest, there are times when work just feels more like a burden than a blessing, doesn't it? I mean, that's just, that's just true. And, and I don't mean to imply like burden, meaning like we're, we're ungrateful or, or, or we hate our jobs, but burden in the sense of it, it just feels like something we have to carry. Work is just something that we have to do because we are adults, but do you remember that time when it didn't feel that way? Like, like, like when work did not feel that way. For me, it was my first job. My, my very first job was at Harold's Chicken on 53rd Street in High Park. And I thought I was on. Um, I thought it was, I, I was like, wait, wait, you mean to tell me that, that I get free food? And then you are going to, to pay me? And all I have to do is like wrap up some chicken boxes. All I have to do is call out ticket numbers, and I get to do it over the microphone. Oh, this is wonderful. I could do this. 
you know, um, it's, it's felt great. I, I loved it. But very soon that feeling of, of love goes away. It, it went away. Maybe the same is true for you. What was your first job? Maybe your first job was as a, a I don't know, a summer camp counselor. Maybe your first job was as a babysitter. Maybe, maybe you worked at a restaurant as your first job. But do you remember the feeling that you had, that, 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 that feeling of, of adventure and that lighthearted way in which you would go into that job? Maybe it was your second job for some. Maybe the first one <laughs> wasn't the dream. Maybe it was number two. But somewhere along the line, somewhere along the way, we, we, we begin to lose that sense of blessing and a, a sense of burden or responsibility begins to set in. And, and I believe it's because we begin to pick up the message from the world around us that, that, that work is actually who you are. You know, we, we unknowingly begin to connect our identity to our work. We, we begin to connect our identity to the job titles that we have. We connect our identity to the promotions that we get. We connect our identity to the achievements in our work that we experience. Oh, youngest person to make partner. Uh, you, you know, the top five salesperson in the nation. Like success in our work becomes a, a, a core part of how we feel about ourselves. So when we are, are soaring in our work, when, when, when work is going well and, and we feel like we're killing it, it feels like we are soaring in life itself. But when, when, when work feels, feels heavy, it feels like we're sinking in work. It feels like, like, like work isn't joyous. Maybe it's, it's a bit depressing. It feels like all of life, in all of life, we are sinking. And let me be clear about this. this there isn't anything wrong with, with being passionate about our work and being deeply invested in it and, and feeling connected to our work. But this belief that your identity is wrapped up in your work, it's a cultural one. It's, it's our culture. It's our culture, and we, we see a different vision when we look into the scriptures, when we look at the Bible. And I believe that, that, that God has a bigger vision for us, for our work, than that. You know, what if, what if your work, what if our work isn't necessarily who we are, but it's a reflection of whose we are? It's, it's a reflection of the, the one that we're in relationship with, the, the one who is all-powerful, who, who is all-loving, who is merciful. What if our, our work isn't, isn't supposed to be this, this, this independent thing in our life? What if it's supposed to be integrated with our faith? I believe that the Bible goes into and teaches us what it looks like to have this integration in our lives. So the question I want us to, to grapple with a little bit together is, is how does my work work 
with God's work. You see what, what I did there? How does my work work with God's work? See, right in, in the very beginning of the Bible, the, the, the idea of work is there, right? You know, we, we know the Bible in Genesis 1, it starts off with God's work. God is, is creating. He, he creates the heavens, the earth. He feel, uh, fills the earth with all the living creatures, and then he creates human beings, and then he empowers them to work. He, he tells the humans to work. So work from the beginning is a blessing. And then very quickly, we see in Genesis 3, sin enters the picture, sin enters into the world, and, and humanity now is affected by that. Everything, in fact, in our world is infected with this idea of sin, and work is included in that. So, so now work is this burdensome thing. It's this heavy and laborious thing. But God doesn't, doesn't leave it in that condition. All throughout the Bible, we, we see stories of God working with, partnering with ordinary, normal people to do his restorative work. All throughout the Bible is filled with those type of stories. Now work becomes this, this vehicle where God does his work. And we're going to look at one of those stories together today. So if you have your Bible with you, if you want to go with me to Daniel chapter 2, and there are Soul City Bibles underneath the seat in front of you, and Daniel 2 is on 720 in those Soul City Bibles. So while you turn there, give a little context and background on the book of Daniel so the book of Daniel, it, it tells the story of Daniel, this guy named Daniel, and his friends. And, and it's telling this story of how they navigate living and, and working in a culture and in a society that is completely different in values from their own. So at this time, J Jerusalem had been overthrown, and now they are living as exiles in the nation of Babylon. So it's a story that, 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 that tells us how Daniel and, and his friends navigate their, their commitment to God, yet their responsibilities in Babylon. And specifically, Daniel and his friends, they work for the king. They have good government jobs, y'all, with, with, with those good benefits, with that good pension. I mean, this is, this is their role. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and jump into Daniel 2. We're going to check out verse 10. This is what it says, verse 10 to 13. The astrologers answered the king, there is no one on earth who can do what the king asked. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any ma magician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king has asked is too difficult no one can reveal, no one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they do not live among humans. This made the king so angry and furious that he ordered the execution of all the wise men in Babylon. Uh-oh. So the decree was issued to put the wise men to death, and men were sent 
looking or to look for Daniel and his friends to put them to death. So, so what is happening? What, what's going on in this story? What, what's, what's happening here? Well, this story in Daniel chapter 2 is about the king of Babylon having this, this weird dream. He has a very strange dream that, 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 that troubles him. So he, he gathers his, his wise people together. He, he gathers his, his counsel together. And he says, hey, guys, I had a crazy dream last night. I, I, I want you all to tell me what the dream was and then give me the interpretation for that dream. Now, a, a little bit of, of cultural like context here in, in ancient Eastern culture, dream interpretation and, and dreams in general were, were, were seen as this divine thing. It, it, it was a, a, a um, job in the king's court that paid very well. Um, Daniel and, and his, his other co-workers, they were on the king's council to do other things, but they, they, a part of their job was to interpret the king's dreams. So, so, so the king brings this impossible task. He raises the stakes a bit by not sharing the dream, but by saying, tell me what my dream is, and then I want you to give me the interpretation for that dream. It's insane. It's crazy. So when one of the, the, the wise men speak up here, the king is like, I don't know who you're talking to. I'm the king. You know what? I'm just going to execute everybody. This is what is happening in our story. So, so, so we, we essentially see that, that, that Daniel is facing this impossibility, this, this moment in his work that is impossible. And I'm sure that, that, that no one here, no one here can relate to this very, you know, abstract, obscure story of a boss giving just a seemingly unrealistic task. I'm, I'm, I'm just sure that no one gets that, right? No, no, of course we do. Of course we, we all can relate to being in a work situation, a work moment where, where we're experiencing pressure at work. Of course we can relate to having an unrealistic deadline. Of, of course we can relate to having a difficult client. Of course we can relate to, to having this complex work issue that seems like there's no solution for it. But this impossible task that we're reading about in Daniel chapter 2 wouldn't have not just meant the elimination of their jobs. This wasn't like, hey, if you don't do this, your job will be eliminated. It was, hey, if you don't do this, you will be eliminated. <laughs> Slightly different. Slightly different. Thankful that, that we live in a, different, in a different context today. This was a terrible position to be in. We, we can feel that. We can see that. But as we read on in the story, I, I want us to look at what Daniel does, how, how Daniel approaches this impossible situation in his work. This is what verse 17 tells us. Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven and said, 
Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. I love this. Now, now, now remember, a, a part of Daniel's job description, part of his literal job description is literally to interpret the king's dreams. That's, that, that's what would be written on his job description. And after finding this information out, that, that, that this is the possibility that they are facing, Daniel, he, he gathers his friends together and he says, hey, I, I want you all to pray and pray with me. And I don't want us to breeze over that. Daniel prays for a work solution. Daniel prays for a work solution. And in the middle of the night, Daniel receives a vision or a dream from God. And that dream was the interpretation and the answer to this king's question. Daniel brought his God into his work. And Daniel brings up a very important question for me. As I read this story and as I sit with this, what comes up for me is the question, is God welcomed in your work? Is God welcomed in your work? Do you take God to the office with you? Do do you take God into the spreadsheets with you? Do you take God into your, your, your room when you're working from home? Is God welcomed in your work? See, I, I think, I think it's, it's often easier for us to welcome God when we're in spaces like this, right? When, when, when we're in church, it's easy to, to say, yeah, I'm, wel- I'm, I'm open to God and I, and I welcome you here. It's, it's easy when we may find ourselves in a, in, in a midweek table group, maybe on a Tuesday night, it's easy to say, oh yeah, God's here. It's easy to, to welcome God when, when we're listening to worship music. Oh yeah, God, God is here. But, but Monday morning, Monday morning comes around and then we have to sit in that meeting with that same person. That's been irritating us for the last two weeks. Tuesday comes around and that, and that deadline is approaching. And, and it could be a little more challenging to, to, to include or, or to welcome God into our work. And I believe that, that, that the reason for that is, is this underlying belief in dualism. And, and dualism is just the idea that, that, that we should separate the spiritual from the non-spiritual. Those, those should be separated. So, so Sunday church is spiritual, but Sunday brunch is non-spiritual. <laughs> reading your Bible is spiritual, but, but, but reading the listing of, of, of all of the new properties available as a, as a realtor is not spiritual. See, Daniel teaches us that, that, that your work is spiritual. What this story teaches us is that, is that God wants to be welcomed into every inch of our lives. What this story shows us is that God wants us to do life together in, in such a way where there, there, there is no separation between us and him at any point 
in our lives. The, the, the God who created all things, the, the God who invented all things, he has something to say about your work. I, I, have, a, I have a friend whose dad owns a, a engineering firm, and, and his, his firm builds roads and buildings and, and houses and that sort of thing. And my friend told me this story that, that early on in his firm, they had a project. They were working on this, on this structure, and there was a, a key detail. It was a key thing that was missed in the foundation, and it was big. It, it was like a big deal. And it, it looked like there weren't really a lot of options here. Scary. He's like, man, well, do we start over? Do we, do we like, yeah, tear this down? Like, like, like what do we do? Do we waste, like, time? Like, we, we could lose money. We could actually lose the firm. This could cost us our, our reputation. This was a, a massive deal. So, so my friend's dad, he, he spends the entire night. He stays, he stays awake. He's racking his brain trying to find a solution, trying to find a, a, a way around this. And he, he has a thought. He has a thought to pray. And context is that this, this friend's dad wasn't really a, a follower of Jesus at this point. But he, he thought to pray. And he prayed. And the next morning, he woke up. He, he had a dream. And he woke up with a solution that he did not consider. As a, as a top engineer, one of the best minds, he, he, he had not considered this thought. And this ended up saving the entire project, saving his firm. And it, it drew him into relationship with God. And, and now his firm does great work for, for, for all people with, with God in mind. And I, I love how, how, how he, he brought God into a, a moment where you would think God wouldn't be interested, but he absolutely was interested. Now, now I'm not saying that, that, that you're going to have a dream tonight. <laughs> I don't want you to walk out of here and say, you know, uh, Pastor Brandon said, I just, you know, just go to sleep, put on my sleep mask. <laughs> Everything's going to be solved when I wake up in the morning. I'm not, I'm not saying that you're, you're, you're going to have a dream tonight, but what I am saying is that God cares about your work. God cares about your work. If, if, if you are an accountant overwhelmed by, by the, the, the numbers, right? If you're an accountant overwhelmed by maybe the, the amount of accounts you have, God cares. Welcome him into your work. If, if you are a public school teacher struggling with classroom management, welcome God into your work. If, if you are struggling in sales, welcome God into your work. He cares for your work because your work is meaningful to him. He cares about your work because your work is his work. See, did you know that you are an extension of his work? God wants children to, to, to learn in a safe and creative environment, so he sent you there to be a teacher. 
God, God wants people to, to have space and, and, and a place where they can build meaningful connection. That's why he gave you that idea to build that coffee shop. God, God wants to, to express his creative genius in the world. So that's why he has you as a social media strategist. God wants people to experience the gift of hospitality and, and community. So that's why he put you in the hospitality industry. He, he wants people's bodies to be whole and to be well. So that's why he sent you to the medical field. So you see, when we connect our work to his work, we begin to have a, a bigger vision for what we do, for our work all together. And I believe that that's what God wants us to experience this year. So what, what I want you to do this week, the, the, the homework, is I want you to fill out and complete this statement. T uh, take some time and think about this, pray about this. I'm not just a blank. I partner with God in his work of blank. So for example, I'm, I'm not just a consultant. I partner with God in his work of bringing strategy and clarity to people's lives. I'm not just a sanitation worker. I partner with God in his work of taking care of the earth. I'm not just a social worker, but I partner with God in his restorative work in people's lives to bring dignity back to people's lives. I'm not just a stay-at-home parent, but I partner with God in his work of releasing godly and raising godly, passionate, and secure adults into the world. See, see when we have a, a, a bigger vision that is connected to what God's work is in the world, it, it, it gives our work a completely different lens and perspective. You know, if I'm, if I'm being honest, I love thinking about my work this way, but there are many times where it, it, it doesn't feel that way, right? Actually, I'm, I feel like I'm in one of those seasons. I've been in one of those seasons, you know, the last couple of weeks. Like, like so many people, I, I had some time off for the holidays. It was wonderful. I got to disconnect from, from the ministry work, take lots of naps. It was, it was great. And then, you know, post-New Year, you, you come back, and it's like everything needed to be done yesterday, Everything needed to happen. It feels like all the, all the deadlines, all the things needed to happen like yesterday. And I am prone to carry that anxiety in my body. I, I may not even talk about it with a whole lot of people, but I'm, I'm prone to feel anxious about all the things that I have to do. I'm, I'm prone to allow myself to slip into worry. I'm, I'm prone to, to just sit in in this sense of, well, man, I, I don't want to disappoint people. What if I can't actually meet this deadline? I, I'm, I'm prone to, to slip into that. And when I do, my work begins to feel like a burden. It, it, it just feels heavy. It, it feels like something that I have to carry. It's not a great feeling at all. But what, what this story of Daniel reminds me 
is that it, it just reminds me that I'm actually not carrying this burden alone. Actually, what I get to do is a blessing. The, the, the work that I have been wired to do, gifted to do, it actually is a blessing because I get to partner with what God is doing in the world. And one thing that we can all be sure of, and I'm sure that we're 14 days into the year, and I'm sure it's true for you, you will feel work stress. You will feel work pressure. That will happen. Work actually may be complicated for you right now. Maybe it's, it's piles of deadlines for you. Maybe it's, it's difficult coworkers that you are, 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 are dealing with. Maybe it's financial challenges in the business. But one thing we can be sure about is that we are not working alone. God is working with us. The question is, will we invite him into our work? Will we welcome him into, into our work? I want to pray for us. Would you all stand with me? Father, I, uh, I just say thank you for the reality that our work is so much bigger than just a job, but our work actually is connected to your restorative work on the earth. God, and I, I pray for every person here, I pray, God, that for those who want and need a bigger vision of how their work is connected to your work. God, I, I pray that you would release it right now. God, for those who, who right now work is complicated, it's messy, maybe they're in between or looking for a better work situation. God, I pray that you would do what only you can do. So right now, God, we make room for you. And not just in this moment, God, but all week long, we, we, we commit to welcoming you into our work. God, I just say thank you. Thank you so much for never leaving us, for never forsaking us. Thank you for always being with us, filling us with your presence, with your wisdom, with your guidance. Thank you that your hand is upon us and with us. In Jesus' name, amen.